this is nice. That it was a good idea that I texted myself. Yeah. Well, I texted you that, and I could just pull it up like. Right oh hell yeah, yeah. Because you'll have easy access to all of it. Oh, I started us by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I. Well, hello everybody. Let's see. Welcome to our podcast. This is going to be a really awkward podcast because I'm on call for my job. So if we just randomly disappear in the middle of Just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. We'll come back. It's like we went upstairs to go start this and kind of like get the ball rolling. And then conveniently, I get 15 phone calls. My customer service rep calling me, texting me about jobs. My text not answering. So it's just like chaos. I love it. So we'll see. But that's when we thrive. We thrive in chaos. I don't thrive. I don't think I do either. Seems quiet though. We'll see. If it gets weirdly quiet, um, we're going to try to like do segues so that we can like edit our audio to like make sense. If we have to chop it. If we have to chop pieces out. But... You know, no problem. We're not really great at the things we do. <laughs> you've been warned. So you've been warned. Oh, oh. So if anybody's following our Facebook page, between the crimes, it is kind of crazy because I recently learned that there's a new Netflix documentary. I feel like in like three of our different podcasts, we've talked about the Chris and Shanann Watts case, but it's just so good. Like. And it just keeps popping up in yeah. the news and stuff. It's just, and it's been shared a lot on Facebook. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it a lot too. So there's this new Netflix documentary. And I felt like... Oh, sorry, I have moving boxes. I need to move them out of my face. The most professional podcast you will ever join. This is it. This is the epitome of podcasting. The Chris and Shanann Watt case. I see that. Chris and Shanann. Shanann. In the documentary, they, like, call her Shannon, and it bugs me, because I know that's not how you say it. Oh. It's Shanann. But they, I kind of felt like this case was kind of like the Susan Powell case in a way, like a little bit. I get them twisty in my brain. Yeah, I get I get this one, Susan Powell, and uh, Lacey Peterson. Mm-hmm, me too. All three of them confused. But I kind of felt like it was, I don't know, like, that sounds kind of insensitive to say that it's overdone. Sometimes it feels overdone, like, you know, like it was just yeah. headline news when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, I feel like I already know everything about it. So when I heard that there was a Netflix documentary coming out, I was kind of skeptical, like, what more can you even say about right. the case, you know? Like, I feel like you, you like, even with the podcast we've listened to, we've heard like the, like the audio recordings from the kids. Like, I feel like we've. It felt like down every road of it. Yeah, it really did. But I started watching. I only watched twenty minutes of it, and then I like, I was like, I have to watch this with Jenna because this shit's <laughs> fucking crazy. It was sad. Like they got like Netflix got a hold of the video footage from like oh. the neighbors' houses, and you can see. So basically, like in the twenty minutes I watched. It's like she had just went missing Mm -hmm. and the family was showing up at the house or a friend or something, knocking on the door. Wasn't it her her friend? I think it was Shanann's friend and they hadn't heard from her. And so they're like knocking on the door and they finally call the cops and the cops arrive and they're like, okay, but we can't go in unless Chris 
comes because he's the homeowner. Right. And so they're there for like, I don't know, it seems like 20 minutes or something. But Chris Watts shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I haven't heard from her either. And he's like, I went to work at, you know, 515 this morning and I'm just now getting home. Like, I'm just finding this out, too. Yeah. And so the police officer's like, well, do I have permission to enter the home? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so that's like permission. Yeah. So that's good enough. Yeah. And it's all body cam footage. And Netflix gets a hold of all the body cam footage. So you can see like the audio like that day. That's Of like his demeanor. What is he saying? And the craziest thing, like right where I stopped watching is like, so they talk to Chris in his house and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's see if any neighbors have like ring doorbells or like surveillance cameras. So they go to this neighbor's house, right? And it's like right next door, I think, or maybe down the block. And they go into this neighbor's living room and the neighbor's like, yeah, I have, I've got some surveillance footage. Like, let's see. And Chris Watts is like pacing. Oh, like he, no. he looks like stressed. Like he's like, what is going to show? Because he doesn't know he's being recorded. Yeah. And he doesn't know he's being recorded on the body cam footage. And he didn't know he was being recorded that night. So now that we know, like in hindsight, that he murdered them, he's acting that way. Imagine him in this scenario, like, like the cops are at a neighbor's house. They brought him there. He's sitting in the neighbor's living room, about to watch the surveillance footage of him for the first time. He has no idea that it even existed. And mind you, it doesn't really show anything incriminating at all. But it does show him backing his truck up into the garage and loading up the and you can yeah. barely see him it's like like a house or something barely clips like it's kind of like you can see like if you're looking through blinds oh, this yeah. little piece of his truck and you can see him loading stuff in the back of the truck right and so the police are just sitting there on the couch with so their body cam footage what you doing there and they're just kind of like and he's like oh yeah and he's talking the whole time He's like, oh, so this is me pulling into the back of, you know, I'm I'm backing in because I always load my tools up. And then, and then they kind of sit and they watch and you can see him moving. And he's like, this is me loading my, yep, I'm loading my tools up. Completely normal. You would think if, if you were completely innocent, you wouldn't be explaining what you were doing. You gotta explain what other people around you are doing. Yeah. Like, why are you over explaining yourself Mm -hmm. if it's not even a question? And he's like sitting on the arm of the couch, just like looking at everything. And the entire thing is super weird. But at the same time, like, you don't really know anything about Chris Watts. So you have no idea if it's weird or not, right? Yeah. And so then they watch the footage and then Chris Watts goes to leave because they're like, oh, we're done, you know? And you can mm-hmm. tell he's like, like nothing got, got that bad. Over. And so the, so the police officer goes, okay, Chris, like, you go out. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get his contact info. Chris mm-hmm. is like, okay. And he goes out the front door. And as soon as Chris shuts the neighbor's front door after watching the footage, the neighbor goes, he's acting fucking weird. Oh. And the officer's like, oh, really? Like, what do you mean? He's like, he doesn't ever talk that fucking much. He is the quietest, most subdued dude. He's like, I've never heard him say that much. In I've never heard time. this. That's so cool. Dude, it was crazy. So this whole time I'm like, this is going to be dumb. I already yeah. know everything. It's going to be just a bunch of same old. Tell me again. Yeah. And it was like all this. And that was just 20 minutes. Oh, let's watch it. We should. Okay. After this. We really should. Because, oh my gosh, like, oh, I love like. It's exciting. Like seeing like the, like the back, like what am I, what am I saying? Behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the behind the scenes of like 
what does it look like when somebody's like wife has disappeared and like the police first get there and like what happens and like yeah and it's like not often that you get like video mm-hmm. of that happening of their reaction and it's crazy now with like the body cam footage and like oh my gosh it's it's good and i've seen like there's even people commenting on our posts and stuff like he can rot in prison for the True. rest of his life and i'm like girl i'm with you on that one so yeah that's top what what else have i i've been i've been listening to a lot of dateline but like i've always watched dateline my whole life but i just realized that they do their show in audio form on apple podcasts probably spotify too so like if you've ever seen dateline it's like more of like the back like the backstory and Mm -hmm. like you learn a lot about the victims and the families and then now they do an audio form and i'm like i don't have time as often to like watch yeah right stuff but in the car oh in the car all day on my way (laughs) to work yeah on my way to work i'm like legit listening to dateline the last week every day i've listened to dateline in the car I I haven't actually really gone too deep into Dateline, but I didn't really watch that a lot. I watched it with my mom. Like, I felt like whenever, like, I would always be in my room as a teenager. Like, these are my memories. Like, I would be in my room as a teenager, like, texting my friends or sitting on my computer, and then I would go upstairs to get dinner or, like, grab something to eat or a snack. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always be sitting on the couch watching Dateline. And I would always, like, walk by, and then I would stop. Just kind of look. Like, start watching it. And then I would be like, damn, this is good. And I would go get my snack and I would sit on the couch. And me and my mom would just sit there. We'll just watch we it. would just watch Dateline and I'd be like, damn. And that's legit how like my true crime started. Like sitting on the couch while my mom was, was watching not, Dateline. My mom hates hearing stuff like this. Like, really? Like, yeah, it, like no. yeah, she gets her. she gets stressy. She doesn't like it. Frazzled. Yeah. I need to turn this fan off. It's bugging me. Okay. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. There's, like, a lot of people that are kind of like that. Like, it's, like, too much, you know what I mean? I like it because I want to know the worst that could happen. Please ignore this annoying sound. <laughs> I need to know if it's Guess hot. that sound. You know, like, when you, you pull the cord, but you have to, like, listen, like... Is it all off? On? Yeah. <laughs> One time I did that, but I, you know, you stick your fingers up to stop it, like slow it down. Yeah. But I, I did not turn it off. I turned it up and then <laughs> stuck my fingers right up you in the fan and just, it. ow. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, oh, we've got comments about, oh, Nancy Grace. Did you ever watch Nancy Grace? No. Nancy Grace. I'm like the most uncultured true crime fanatic it doesn't make sense nancy grace is overrated now because she was she's so fucking dramatic but back in the day before true crime was like acceptable to like even that there were not you did not listen to podcasts nancy grace was like the shit she always focused on the headline news cases and she was so fucking opinionated have you ever watched clips of nancy grace even yeah here and there but not enough to really have like any yeah, yeah yeah she would do these clips and she has this like like i don't even know the word i'm looking for like this voice of like oh my god you'll have to we'll, we'll we should watch an episode <laughs> okay. of nancy grace she like if she has an opinion of something mm-hmm. she's like he's he's guilty he's guilty i don't care what he says that's i don't care me, what though. he says that's me and she does it on like work worldwide television okay. Okay. and she gets like lawyers on the show and like they all talk about they dive into the evidence like she's a and i think she used to be like a 
prosecutor or something. She used to be in law. Oh. And so she, I guess she does kind of have like some experience there. Right. But now because of how like, she's kind of like the tabloids of true crime. I love that. It's kind of good. People hate her or they love her. There's no in between. Because she's so... I feel like I would love her. She's got that Karen haircut. Oh, Like no. a bob cut. She, yeah. Is it blonde? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh, okay. platinum blonde. Like, let me look her up. Let's just... Oh, uh, this okay. Is, yeah. And look at, like, she always has this look on her face of, like, just disdain. <laughs> like, she just completely... Everything you're saying is bullshit. And she would I mean, do... In, like, criminals would go on her show... To like say that they didn't do it, and she would like confront them, and she'd be like, "You realize you that doesn't make sense, right? You oh realize the thing. It was crazy. I don't even know if she still does shows. I wonder. My dad said she's annoying. That's probably she's same. a little annoying. Maybe that's why I feel like I would like her. <laughs> yeah, right. We're like same. We're annoying too. Yeah, it was good. All those shows. Another one is 2020, but 2020 they're on ABC and they mm-hmm. do like. They do a lot of murder and mystery, but it's not all they do on mm-hmm. 2020. And so you can like be binge watching 2020 and you'll get like weird political episodes um, and then weird like get that shit out of here. Like <laughs> veteran heroes, which don't get me wrong, veteran heroes are cool, but right. in like another show that I can watch just about. Yeah. I'll watch my when you're in the mood for that. Yeah. I just watch a lot of uh, Law and Order. Ooh. SVU. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Yeah. I grew up with my dad watching. House, which isn't really crime. I really like House. But there were mysteries. I do like House. I think that was like the beginning of... Did you ever watch Monk? Um, No, but I did you not. Know of I it? know of Monk, for he sure. He was like the germaphobe. Mm-hmm. Yep, we watched a Monk. We watched... Oh, what's another one? Did you ever watch Lie to Me? Mm-mm. You should watch that. I am uncultured. <laughs> Lie to Me was a good one about this guy. I don't remember the whole story, I don't know if he was, like, working for the government or he was a police officer or what, but either way, he, like, studied, like, the nuances of somebody who's lying, like a human lie detector, basically. And he would say that you would make these micro-expressions. And some of it's true and some of it's not, but he would have these, like, things that he would look for, like, when you're lying, you blink too much, or you look up to the sky, or your mouth twitches, or you go to touch your nose. Because... I feel like each person's would be different, though. Yeah, I think they would. But I don't know. He base it was basically this whole show about this dude who like, and I don't remember exactly, but I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, they would like bring him into cases. And they would have him like analyze, mm-hmm, or... go and meet the suspects and stuff, and he would That's like cool. strike up conversation to see if they were lying. There's all these crazy shows. That sounds cool. We should watch them. We should have like a we a should binge old true crime. We shows should night. even like because I like the fictional ones were so good. Yeah, too. they were. CSI was a good one. Mm-hmm. Old school CSI. I don't like it so much now, but like no? old school like CSI Miami, like all that was so good. That's like what my dad spent all this time watching though. Really? Yeah. So we would just like lay on the couch, like me and my sister, and like we would just my dad would be watching these shows and. My mom all these crime to, shows. My mom used to always just watch <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> That's what we watched in my house. What's that? It's like guy and he goes after people and Animals? he's used no, like oh. look look up a picture of him. What's it called? <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Um, he just goes after people and I, I believe 
I don't know anything about bounties, but like you, um, oh, they like get them because they're not posted now. Yep, 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 yep. That's oh. what it is. And they like track them down and they get them. That's crazy. That's My favorite shows, this is unrelated. I mean, maybe it's still crime, but I used to watch a lot of Animal Planet back when it was good. Was Animal Planet. Animal, okay, no, okay, okay, hear me okay. out. So they used to do crime shows on uh-huh. Animal Planet, but about animal abuse. Oh. It was like the uh, ASPCA. Oh, yeah. And they would get these like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm making that up. Maybe it wasn't the ASPCA. No. But they were like in relation somehow to like animal abuse. And they were like police units that, oh, yes. I would watch that. And they'd go and like investigate if they got a tip for like people who had like dogs Too many dogs outside or and- like. They look like they yeah. hadn't eaten, and then they would, like, bring them all into the shelters, and then you got to see if they And then a lot of times they would put them down, and that yeah. was my first experience understanding that, like, a lot of animals get put down. Oh. I never, like, realized that that was... It's so sad. It's really sad. Yeah, I watched that a lot, like, and then there were always those, like, episodes, because some of them were, like, bland, but then some mm-hmm. of those ones with the animals were, like, you would go... I remember one in specific that's, like, ingrained in my memory <laughs> of this these people who had horses oh i literally that's the yeah, episode yeah, i yeah. thought of and then you were, and they were just bones they were bones. and then little like a, and like one of them bloody and get up yeah and it's like why these <laughs> i can't believe them? we thought of the same episode that was weird that's exactly that one that's like stuck in my head yeah and then i saw another one where it was like um where they bred dogs and they had like dog fighting oh that i've seen that too really bad. i mean i'm sure a lot of the episodes had that but this one in particular got me this is so off topic, but did you ever watch Meerkat Manor on Animal? Oh my god, that was so okay, good. So okay, I was obsessed with that show. When I was no, like, listen, listen, okay. listen. My aunt, my aunt. So she's not like my aunt. She's my distant. She's my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christmas one year, she got me all seasons, all of them they of Meerkat so Manor good. on Blu-ray. All of on them, Blu-ray. every single. Do you still have them? I do still have them. Can we watch them? Sure. No, I'm not joking. No, I really do have them. I used to love that show. And then I went on the Animal Planet website and they had little meerkat (laughs) games. Oh my God. It was so good, Jenna. (laughs) I'm so glad because we are like the weirdest people ever. And then every once in a while, even though we've been friends for this long, we share this weird fact about ourselves. And then we're like, wait, me too. Yeah. And it's like, why meerkat manor why? is lit i don't care what anyone says if you haven't seen meerkat manor this is my plug for animal planet <laughs> you're all welcome watch meerkat manor we'll drop a link on the facebook page and then the babies oh when they would get picked up by like yeah. an eagle and you're like oh, i wanted buddy. that i wanted violet to live <laughs> no <laughs> yeah uh this got really off topic but i'm here for it <laughs> should we should we say our murders yet I don't even know. I want to talk about before we begin our murders the fact that I don't. I think it's because we've been doing so many like European like episodes here and there. We have like fifty downloads from Ireland right now. It's like our so obviously our biggest country is the United States, and then Ireland is next. I love that. And then the United Kingdom, and then Canada. And I just looked today or yesterday or both probably, and we have a download from India, Ooh. which makes that the ninth country that we nine have. Nine countries. Nine countries. That, that makes me feel in. good. It's really <laughs> weird. That makes me like, want to like, do. The numbers aren't huge, but they're still like just the fact that that many 
places have heard my voice makes me feel kind of funky. It also makes me <laughs> question sorry. everything I've ever said. Like I, yes, I'd like to, this is where we apologize to everybody listening. It's been, I think this is our 10th episode that we'll be is it? publishing. We've That's a lot of weeks to commit to anything for me. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah. And even though we haven't published every week we've recorded but we have recorded we have recorded every single week since we started I think we went no because even though we're going to the only one that well no because you and Jason did it yeah that's what I was gonna say oh (laughs) so we've recorded every single week whether we publish or not we've recorded and that's really impressive I'm proud check and make sure nobody is yelling at me for work I can yell at you if you want all is quiet. Let's message. Sorry, friends. I have to message my electrician and make sure that we're not neglecting our customers because that happens sometimes. I mean, you're getting paid. Probably should. True. Do it. You right. But yeah, so it's been really crazy. Yeah, it's been fun. We're hoping, like, we've talked a lot about potentially not doing live episodes anymore and I do want to reiterate that we will always do live episodes it's just whether they will be our main because basically for anybody who doesn't know what we do right now is we we go live right now like we are doing Mm -hmm. and we share our stories and then right when we get done I download that full recording And then I edit it and post it as a real episode. Yeah. And so that's kind of the workflow that we use right now, but it just doesn't seem sustainable long-term because we're eventually going to breach a customer basis that doesn't get to listen to us live. Like Spotify. Yeah. Like we have a huge number of Spotify users. Almost the same as we have on Podbean. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay. Speaking of work, it's really annoying being on call because I just never know when I'm going to get a phone call. So there's probably going to be points in the episode that we just mute. <laughs> we have to, yeah. have to take phone calls. Um, prime example of another reason. Yeah. This you is, won't always do lives because you're on call a lot. Yeah. On the weekend. I'm on call every, just about every Friday of the month, maybe give or take one. And then I'm on call at least one Saturday a month. And typically mm-hmm. those overlap so that I'm like this week, I was on call yesterday all night all day and now I'm on call all day today I'll be on call all night and I finally stop being on call at 6 a.m tomorrow morning that sounds stupid (laughs) yeah I mean don't get me wrong I make good money doing it so here we are but I don't want to not record so we're just gonna bulldoze right through it we'll get it done but this is where we definitely want to thank everybody that listens to us. And it's like you kind of said earlier, it's not like these crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. I think in total, we've had just under 400 downloads in the... Seems crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy to me. In the couple months that we've been doing it, not even. We started in... July. August, July. Yeah. yeah. So what? Is that two months? Mm, 10 weeks. <laughs> Something like, something, like something like that. I like Either it. way. We've been doing it for, it feels like not long, but also yeah. feels like forever in a weird way. Aw, that's kind of sweet. It has been fun though. Like, it is fun. I've never committed to any hobby <laughs> in my life ever. So it's been good to like, we like kind of force ourselves to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I love it and it's fun, but sometimes I'm like, oh my God, 
I have to do my research. It's like <laughs> I'm homework. tired. Yeah, it's really like homework sometimes. But I feel like every time we do it, we're like, that was so good. Like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. It's been fun. So we want to thank everybody that like comes here and like for some reason devotes like time to listening to this. And that's how this week went for me. Like I wasn't really in the mood to do anything. Yeah. And then I looked up this case and then I was fully invested and I'm ready to tell it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know it. And I'm going to tell you all. Who should go first? What do you think? Mm, It's up to you. Is yours like? Mine's kind of, I don't know how mine's going to go. You go first. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Just leave time for me and then we're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me just, yeah. I'll just pace myself. Yeah. So mine, which is a really sorry, good. Sorry, that sounded really mean. I'm sorry. Did I take that back? I wasn't supposed to be rude. <laughs> okay. Now, now you start. Okay. Go. Okay. No, I promise I'll leave time we're friends. for you. Okay. Thank you. We're not fighting. Okay. Are go. we fighting? No. Okay. Good. Okay. So it's a really good segue that we talked about Dateline for like five seconds today because I got this episode from Dateline because I was on my way to work. And I was listening to Dateline like I do. Right. And I tried really hard because it's really hard starting this podcast game late because everything's been done. Yeah, everything's been done. So we're constantly in this weird um, in between of having to do things that have already been done, which is just the world we live in, I feel like. Yeah. We, We started the podcast game late. We really, truly did. But in our defense, I didn't even know podcasts were like real people things <laughs> until like this year. Real people things. Like mm-hmm. I knew they existed, but I was like, who's into a podcast? I didn't even know. Like, if I'm being honest, last year, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Like, oh. <laughs> I knew like, like what it was, but I didn't know the purpose. What. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know what the goal was. I thought, I don't want to listen to this. I thought they were like the radio, like the oh. worst part of the radio. I thought it was all the talking from the radio put into a different place, which uh-huh. I was like, the worst part of the radio is the talking. Yeah. I want to listen to the music. So I thought it was just like bullshit nonsense. <laughs> but I mean, it, well, this is bullshit nonsense in case y'all didn't know, but <laughs> yeah. So anyways, long story short, I was on my drive to work listening to Dateline's podcast format, which is dope if anybody's never listened to it and they did this episode about this young Asian girl who goes missing in California and Dateline if anybody's ever listened to Dateline or watched Dateline it's very often like the husband kills the wife the wife kills the husband yeah it's it's usually family related and they do a really good job of hiding the like suspect, in my opinion. But if you've watched as many, I've probably seen, if I had to put like a number to how many <laughs> Dateline episodes I've seen, I've seen over 300 episodes of Dateline. There's that many? There's probably like 600 episodes oh, wow. total. And they do it in different formats too. Like there's like Dateline Saturday Night Mystery. There's, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So I've seen so many. And so when I watch Dateline, Sometimes, this is so embarrassing, sometimes, because they do, like, live interviews, like, mm-hmm. on video, and you can tell based on what the person is wearing that they're in prison. Like, I can tell. Oh. Because they'll give them, like, a stock, like, polo shirt gotcha. to wear over their, like, prison uniform, and you can tell that the background is just, like, white, <laughs> and I can tell. I'm like, like, well, I already know it's you because I can tell by your collar. Yeah, I can tell by that Murder. polo. You're the murderer. You're here to tell me that you aren't, but you are. 
So I listened to this episode and I was like really skeptical about using a Dateline episode as like the case I want to do, but this one was fucking crazy. Like I'm ready. I listened to it on my way to work and then I pulled into work and then I put my AirPods in and I continued listening to it <laughs> as I got there because I was like, I can't. So this is a story. If you guys like Dateline, you can listen to them on Apple Podcasts and probably Spotify. And they have their like actual TV show on NBC's applications. Um, and this is a story about Michelle Lay. And so Michelle Lay was a beautiful young woman and she was in school to become a nurse. So she grew up with her brother, Michael, and they lived in San Diego, California. And so this is like a traditional Asian family. They are a very tight knit family and it extends into like cousins and uncles and aunts. And they are the type of family that every birthday they are all at one house every christmas they're all together and there's like 20 30 40 of them all together and so there's like in asian families there's this hierarchy that like the elders are to be respected Mm -hmm. and then there's the you know the young adults and then there's the kids and there's a hierarchy to like Mm -hmm. you listen to the people above you and you respect them and so this is kind of like how she grew up and she was always like a spunky young girl and she like had really big ambitions. So she wanted to go to nursing school and she ends up doing just that. So she ends up going to, I want to say a school in San Diego and she goes there for a while, but then she transfers to another school. And I think it's like an hour and a half to two hours away. Mm-hmm. And so she's going there and it's basically like a, it's a nursing school, but it's kind of set up like a hospital because you would need it to be. Yeah. And it's kind of like University of Utah. That's okay. a, it's a school. But they practice. But it's, yeah, it's a practicing mm. school. So to, in my understanding, that's kind of where she was finishing up her nursing degree. Mm. And so it's the end of May, 2011. And the day is just like any other day. She was at her nursing school, just like normal. And there's video footage of her like checking into school, running, like moving about the school, like performing her duties like normal. And it didn't really seem like anything was wrong. Like witnesses didn't make any comments about her acting strange. It was just a normal day. And so towards the end of the night, she's seen heading out to the parking garage. And so she's walking across this sky bridge and you can see it on the CCTV footage. Mm -hmm. And then she goes into the parking garage and you can see her walking to her car. And then the camera kind of ends there. So you can see her walking out to her car, but you can't really see her car, but you can definitely tell that's where she was going. And so she walks out to her car that night. And what's weird about it is she was like in the middle of her shift. So she like left her post, goes out all the way across the campus to her car and goes to her car and she's never seen again. That's so weird. It's really weird. And so the instructors like end up going out to look for her because this isn't normal and nobody can find her. And so the entire situation like spooks the whole family and into the night and the next morning, like people are texting her, like, where are you? Like, what's going on? Are you okay? And they're not getting any texts back. And so it's pretty apparent that something's not right. Yeah. But like nobody really wants to jump to conclusions. So the next day, Michelle's ex-boyfriend, his name is Scott. He ends up notifying the family himself, saying that he hasn't heard from her in a while. So even though Michelle and Scott aren't dating anymore, they're really good friends. And Scott's like well-known to the family. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really weird to them that he notifies them, but it's still like, 
that thought in the back of your mind, like the ex-boyfriend is notifying us. Yeah, you know weird. what I mean? So Scott had moved on. He wasn't like hung up on Michelle by any standards. He had he had already gotten into another relationship with a girl named Giselle. They had a baby and Giselle was actually currently pregnant with another baby of Scott's. So it's not, in my opinion, like looking at it. It's not like a creepy ex-boyfriend stalking her. Yeah, they just like continued to be friends Mm -hmm. because it didn't end like horribly. You know what I mean? So Giselle didn't really like that Michelle and Scott stayed friends, but it didn't really seem like that big of a deal to like friends or family or anybody. It was Mm -hmm. just like, I feel like kind of normal. You wouldn't love that if that was the case. Right. So police initially, like after Michelle's disappearance, she goes missing in the evening of, I want to say it's the 27th of May. And then into that night and early the next morning. So the 28th, she there, the police are starting to kind of like interview people. Like who knows her? Does anybody know what's going on? And since Scott was one of the first people to notice she was gone, they obviously want to interview him. Mm-hmm. So, They interview Giselle and Scott pretty early on. Giselle was pretty candid about the fact that she doesn't love Michelle, but she said, like, look, me and Michelle used to be friends. Michelle used to date Scott. They broke up. Now I'm dating Scott. I don't love that they're still friends. Mm -hmm. But because of that, we don't talk anymore. Like, we don't really talk. Like, it's not this big deal. It's just... We just don't. Yeah. It's just not cool with me. And so I just don't associate myself with her. And so they kind of ask her, like, you know, have you seen her? And she's like, I haven't seen her in, a, like, a really long time. Yeah. And I kind of like it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. So the police, like, they, like, appreciate her honesty in the situation. And then they kind of turn their suspicions on Scott. And because it's kind of like, you might have moved on, but have you moved on yeah. kind of thing? So they interview Scott and they get the impression from him that he's being upfront and honest. He has nothing to hide. He's like, what do you want? You know, like, do you want my DNA? Sure like, to help. What kind of quad do you want my phone? Like, mm-hmm. and so they're like, I don't feel bad about any of this. Like this is, they're being as upfront and candid as they can be. So we need to look at other, other people. So nobody really understands where Michelle would have gone. She was an outgoing, outgoing girl. And she spent a lot of time with her friends. She had a trip planned with her friends to go to Lake Tahoe. So it doesn't really make sense for her to have taken off. And the family worried pretty immediately after they got notified and the police got involved quickly too. So Michelle goes missing on the 27th, the next day, the 28th, um, right after they discover she's missing, they kind of find out in the morning and in the afternoon, that same day, they find her Honda CRV in the parking lot of some random apartment complex. Weird. And like, we know from like listening to so much true crime shit that like, if you have a missing person and you find the vehicle and the person's not with them, like that's a problem. That's not a good sign because why would they leave their car? So they either like went off in walking distance from their car or something's not right. Yeah. So or somebody else put the car there. Exactly. And so it's just like not a good sign. So 15 hours after her disappearance and probably three hours or so after finding that CRV in the parking lot, the family starts receiving text messages, like supposedly from Michelle, like from her phone. So, and mind you, like the family is a huge family and Mm -hmm. she's got all these friends and it's, it's immediately like everybody's texting each other, like she's missing. Where is she? So everybody's trying to help and they're blowing her phone up, like asking her where she is. And all of a sudden, like, Later that afternoon, the day after she goes missing, they start getting text messages back. And they say, like, 
I'm not missing. My phone has been acting crazy. It deleted everything. And then another one is like, all these texts have killed my battery. I had a bad night, just taking it easy. Like all these text just messages. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And so then police are obviously like, well, she's an adult. She can do what she wants. Mm-hmm. So here it is. Like she's obviously not missing. So Scott, the ex-boyfriend who kind of like notified the family initially, decides like to take it upon himself. Like, okay, well, I'm going to fucking text her. Like, yeah. See what she. Yeah. So if she's really gone MIA for that long, like he's worried about her. They dated for a while. And like, he knows that Michelle knows his number by heart. They dated. Like yeah. he hasn't changed his number. So he texts her and is like, Hey, like you doing okay. And she texts back. Who's this? Oh, okay. And so that's like, that's like a big red flag right there. Yeah. That's like, that'd be like your mom texting you and you being like, who's this? You know what I'm I sorry. mean? What do you want? You, you just know that's not right. So it's like, why wouldn't she, if that's her, why wouldn't she remember her phone number? Which makes me feel like that's not fucking her. Yeah. So her family's obviously worried about her, but like they're doing their best to remain positive in like those next few days. Nobody wants to think the worst. And even if something had happened to her, like they're telling themselves that maybe she was kidnapped. Maybe this is like sex trafficking. They're like doing everything they can to feel like she's alive. Like mm-hmm. She's alive. We're going to find her. It's all going to get figured out. So they all refused to believe that the worst had happened and like nobody wanted to think that that she was dead. Yeah. So why would you? Regardless of like what anybody thinks, they all know that these text messages don't sound right. There's something suspicious and it really doesn't matter because within three hours of those text messages starting, they just stop out of nowhere. And so her brother, Michael, becomes convinced that that wasn't her. Like this is somebody pretending to be here. This isn't right. Well, you can tell. When you're talking to somebody. Yeah. And you know if it's them, I feel like. Like you <laughs> is this why you texted me the other day yes. and you said, if I were to go missing <laughs> somebody else was on my phone, would you know it was me? Dude, literally like one hundred percent. Yeah, probably I would realize it's different. One hundred percent, yes. I was listening to this in my car <laughs> and immediately when I got to work, like if you look, I bet it was at like seven. It was, it in was the morning. early in the morning. And I we'll texted you it. and we're like if I went missing and I texted you and it wasn't me, would you know? And you were like, <laughs> probably. I think. I probably would I hope like, so. This is really important to me right now. I need to I'm know. like, girl, I just woke up. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, there's mm-hmm. something about this, like, that makes me kind of want to throw up. Because you think that if you go missing in 2011 or even, like, now, phones and surveillance video. And you yeah. think that, like... I feel like we have this attitude of like, if something like that happens, like it's going to get figured out quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even in this case, like that doesn't happen. Like that's not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. So police begin questioning the people that are closest to her and they start looking into what evidence may have been found inside that Honda. So Scott, the ex-boyfriend we keep talking about, was many of the people that got interviewed. He had like attempted to reach out to her and then police wanted to cover their bases. So, like, once again, they interview him, and then they determine that it doesn't really seem like he has anything to do with this, which is good. I mean, like, they're covering all their bases. That's incredibly important. So, they don't really cross him off the list completely. It was interesting, though, because he had started dating one of her friends. But based on the interviews and the research that they had done at the time, they kind of were like, we need to move on to other possible suspects. So, the days and weeks passed, and in their investigations, it's... It's not really like what people think. It's funny. We talked about TV shows so much. So this is really relevant. But it's like when you watch CSI and they find DNA, 
it's like they call their gal in the office yeah. they ask I her to it. run it really quick and they're like oh we have a hit oh and they're like running the data now yeah boop, 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 boop. yep and it's like that's not reality so all of this is going on and the police are doing their best to investigate but the family feels like this is going nowhere mm-hmm. this is not fucking working we need to find her and they you have to kind of understand like they feel like she's alive so to them this is like it what has to happen soon doing? what if she's mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna miss our opportunity so the family continues their search for her regardless of what police feel like they found or not found to them like they literally didn't give a shit like what the police found so the police come to them and say like look we found her honda like we've seen the surveillance footage it does this looks like foul play and we're gonna start investigating this as a homicide and the family nope. says we don't that would be the- i'm so sorry you're okay that would be the worst news to hear it would be like well for them they were like in denial like they were yeah. like no and they were like no like this is how we need to move forward and they were like i don't care how you move forward but she's alive and you're full of shit so like as the police in the situation you're like okay well, you know I'm sure you feel that way, but we've still got to do our job. Yeah. So the family starts looking for her on their own. They're like, we don't give a fuck what you found. We're going to keep looking for her like she's alive and we're not Mm going to stop. And mind you, this is like, like, there's probably hundreds of people in this family. That's a, that's probably a search. (laughs) And that's probably an understatement. Like, this is a huge Asian family. Like, and they go to the media nonstop, like as often as they'll hear them which i mean like like, it's good like you want to you want people to react that way like you push like you hope somebody would look for you that way you know what i mean and that's what they did so they actually end up enlisting the help of somebody named mark i want to say it's class class what do you what do you think i should know this class class i don't know Class? class i don't know so we're gonna call him mark class of the Poly Class Foundation. So this is a foundation, I want to say they're based out of California. So the reason it's called the Poly Class Foundation is because Poly Class is Mark's daughter who actually went missing also. And it was this like huge fucking like national news situation. And based on like the trauma and like the experience that Mark had throughout all of that, he created a foundation to help families like never have to go through that again. It's amazing. It is really amazing. And I can't, like, I feel like if something like that were to happen to me, I would just shut down. Not go forth and do better. Yeah. And that's what he, so he like makes this foundation and he like, he helps families find missing family members using like real science. So they basically narrow down search radiuses so that families and police are not wasting critical time, like looking in places that don't make sense. So like when, when you first feel like, like if you were to go missing, I feel like in this area, people would want to look at like the canyons and like, yeah. what, what if she went hiking? Like, what if she got lost? And there's going to be evidence that might point you in a different direction. But if you're never experienced this before, you're just going to want to look everywhere yeah and so what happens is like all these volunteers turn up because like they want to help and it's on the news and then after a few days of finding nothing people get burnt out and they don't want to help anymore so the poly class foundation their job is to like take those volunteers and utilize them in the most effective way possible so that you can actually like find people that's smart that's so smart it's it's so smart dude so these this whole family like they get this help of this foundation 
And so police give them a little bit of information to help them narrow down that search. So basically the day Michelle went missing, her phone starts pinging all the way because people are texting her like, where are you? Why aren't you home? What's going on? And all the while that those text messages are pinging cell phone towers. Mm -hmm. So basically she leaves, supposedly leaves the hospital building, goes down the freeway, all the way down into some like desolate area. And then the phone signal turns around and follows the exact same route all the way back. So the logical explanation there is that, yeah, where did it end? So police basically give the family and the Polyclass Foundation that information, like this is where the signal ended. And then it turned around. So they narrow it down to like this area and it's narrowed down, but it's still like this narrow canyon in the hills east of the San Francisco Bay. And it's like this vast and like treacherous, like I'm loving these descriptive words. Thank you. Um, I stole them from Dateline. So I'm really glad you like them. Thank you to Lester Hull and all of the (laughs) producers at Dateline. But no, seriously, like they felt like it was narrowed down and it's still like this like gigantic. It's like if it's like if I went missing and they're like she's somewhere um near Pineview Reservoir and it's like okay, cool. <laughs> we'll just spend the next 30 years looking there. So, obviously one of the there's a a number of issues in this area. One is that it's huge, one is that it's really like a treacherous kind of hiking area. Mm-hmm. And then also this is a normal place for homeless people to live. That's good. So you're going to find like bags and tents and all this like sketchy Stuff shit. Stuff that's not, that may look suspicious, but it's uh-huh. really just somebody's things. And like, if you think of something along those lines, you might think there's going to be probably signs of drug use and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in an area like that, it's not going to be necessarily unheard of to even find like remains. You know what oh. I'm saying? It's not. It's dark. It's really dark. And on top of it, the second reason that this is such a like awful place for this to have ended up is that this is considered, and I quote, a notorious dumping ground for murder victims. Oh, good. So it's like they're looking for a murder victim in a place that this is where they end up going. So it doesn't look great. No, in that no, scenario. that's not good at all. So it's like the family continues searching for her, even though the police is looking at this as a murder investigation, the family is doing everything they can to think about this as a kidnapping or a sex trafficking or something. But Did they ever think that she just like ran off on her own? Mm, they, Did they stick to that at all? Or was it more like something bad, was, but she's not dead? I think that was something like based on the interviews, it was something that they thought initially, mm. but pretty quickly after getting those text messages they felt like it was not likely that that was the case. So it's really sad, like with this story in particular, that we've got this whole family that's looking as if she's alive. And then you have the police that are looking at this completely differently. Yeah. So they're out in this canyon searching for her and the police are doing their due diligence on their end to narrow down their suspect pool. So what really sucks about this is like the days and the weeks, like, just keep on adding up adding up like they do so she goes missing at the end of may and suddenly it's like august approaching and the family's still diligently looking for her um, with the poly class foundation so all throughout the searching they're doing news conferences interviews they're putting out flyers and the police are doing their due diligence to gather evidence and like narrow down the suspect pool and like It seemed like the investigation was dragging on, but what we don't really realize, except now in hindsight, is that it was not dragging on. Like, they had their suspects. Really? Yeah. 
So and did they like share that with the family or were they no, just they couldn't. that's why they were so yeah. stuck on um mm-hmm. it was a murder. Yeah. But they couldn't say why. Exactly. Which is why oh. it's kind of the lesson to be learned here, which obviously we don't fault them at all. But something to know as people who are true crime fanatics is like if something like this happens to a friend or family or somebody you know, you like a little bit of you has to have faith in mm-hmm. the, you know, the police system because like yeah. nine times out of 10, they're not going to like discount this as nothing. Like if they say that they're investigating it as a homicide, you would like to hope that they are. Yeah. And I like to think that like, there's always going to be scenarios that this isn't the case. Like, like my case today. Is there really? Yeah. Like so, mine's the flip side, completely it. opposite. Okay. <laughs> Anything other than Jenna's case, you'd like to think that like the people who are doing this job, they're real people. Yeah. Like, they're real people. And so if you have an investigator that's like, look, I'm fucking trying. You would hope they're doing their best. Yeah. You want to hope. And I feel like you, I feel a like little bit of do. you I mean, has to give them time at least, yeah. you know? And so that's what they were doing. Like they're building this case without telling anybody because it's, it, it's it case. contaminates the case to like let people know, you know. Right. You don't want the family like showing up on someone's doorstep, being mm-hmm. like, "So the fucking police told me." Or like sharing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Police think it was this guy. Everyone go get yeah. him. Yeah. You know. So the police are building their case, and it all comes back to a couple people mm-hmm. we've already talked about. So you know that be Scott. Well, you remember Scott though. The yeah. Ex-boyfriend. I mean, that's who we talked about. <laughs> and it's funny because we always think it's the ex-boyfriend. But this time it's not the ex-boyfriend. Oh, good. Yeah. I was worried. So remember Scott's seems nice. new girlfriend, Giselle. Oh, was it her? So Giselle and Michelle had been best friends for years, but things got iffy with the entire boyfriend situation. Right. So that being said, Michelle had always said that her and Giselle will never stop being friends. Like her friends and her family have said like, she fucking loved Giselle. Like mm-hmm. nothing would stand between them ever. So... Then comes the evidence from Michelle's Honda that got found in that apartment complex. So we already know that like police had determined this whole situation, like a crime scene and a crime related incident. So this is what led them to believe it was a homicide. Police find another nursing instructor's key card or like ID badge in Michelle's vehicle. Mm -hmm. So Michelle was a student. Giselle was completely unrelated to the school. She wasn't in a nursing anything. She was just like some other, yeah, you know what I mean? Just someone we know. So when they find the CRV, they find a nursing instructor's key card in Michelle's car. And so the police call them and they're like, hey, do you know this person? And they're like, yeah, actually, she's like a brand new instructor. Like, she's going to be awesome. We love her. But and then they say, do you know where her key card is? And the people are like, why are you? that's actually really weird you're asking that because it actually just went missing like mm. somewhat recently and so like they're having this conversation pretty shortly after michelle goes missing and so um, it's coming out that this in this id badge that's in her vehicle belongs to some other person who went missing very at the same time that michelle goes missing um, and so police are like okay this isn't a coincidence Mm-hmm. So if you've ever worked at a company that uses key cards or ID badges, they are electronic signatures that allow you like in and out of the building. They're mm-hmm. like, they're not just ID cards, they're access cards. You know, yeah. it's kind of like our old job. You, you yeah. use your key card to get into the building. And it knows who's going in and out. Mm-hmm. And it keeps track of it. So they take the ID card and they like run the number on it and it allows them to show like, when was it used last? And it, it was used recently. Oh. It was used the day before Michelle went missing. So on May 26th, 
And they're like, okay, that's fucking weird. This girl's badge goes missing. And then it's used the day before this girl we're investigating fucking disappears. That's not cool. So they pull up the CCTV footage. And who is it that is using the stolen instructor's key card is Giselle Esteban, the ex-boyfriend's new baby mama. And it's interesting at this time, Giselle and Scott are not together. Oh? They're not together. Because of the Michelle thing or... Just who really knows? Like, I think it's probably like. But they were at the beginning, right? I don't really know like the exact timeline, but it's a story about Michelle, not their relationship. (laughs) Right. right. I'm just invested. (laughs) No, no, but they were together throughout the drama with Michelle, and like now they're not, and that's kind of interesting to note. So Michelle goes missing on the 27th. Giselle uses the key card to break into the nursing school on the 26th. Mm. So there's the CCTV footage of Giselle walking around. She stole a lab coat, was pretending to be an instructor. And it's like, why? What in the world? Yeah. And so there's this creepy ass footage of her like accessing That's computers. Like a movie it's seriously like, if you guys like, like this kind of shit, you should watch the Dateline episode. It's called Vanished. Mm. And it came on, I want to say in the last two months or so. And you get to see all the footage, all the pictures, all the everything, the interviews, you know what I mean? And it's fucking wild. Like, she's wandering around this building, accessing computers, and the police are like, what is she fucking looking for? And they decide she's probably looking for information on Michelle. Right. Because she knows she's a student there. So... What's interesting on top of that is you remember all those mysterious text messages. Mm -hmm. So obviously, all while the family is searching for Michelle, the police are investigating where was that phone pinging when those text messages were sent? Yeah. So they narrow it down to obviously like an area and they find out that the phone was brought into an Apple store and they pull up CCTV footage and who's bringing Michelle's phone into the Apple store? fucking Giselle she's That's telling incriminating. yeah like it doesn't get much more you yeah, know yeah. it's like oh my what who did it yeah and so she brings the phone and she tells them that it's um it's her phone that she just her daughter locked the phone on accident. Oh. so they unlock it for her and as soon as they unlock it you can see her like move towards the back of the store and start texting she's sending fucking texts saying I'm just not feeling well I just had Ew. a isn't that disgusting yeah So it's like, it's kind of starting to become clear, like, what is going on here. But it's kind of like, why? Yeah, why? What was the purpose? What the fuck is the Scott? Was she? No. And that's what's even fucking crazier. Is like, everybody that knows them is like, no, no. She did not fucking want anything to do with Scott. Like, Mm -hmm. it's laughable. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to Giselle, it was not laughable. So we already know that Scott's Michelle's ex- uh, Scott is Michelle's ex-boyfriend and Giselle Lestevant is the new girlfriend and now the baby mama. So the investigation continues and police start looking into this relationship. Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Turns out Scott had a temporary restraining order against Giselle. Oh, for being a fucking crazy person. The that. restraining order got taken out because she broke into his car, got his keys, broke into his home, and his mom woke up screaming, thinking there was a burglar, oh when God. really it was fucking Giselle 
trying to get into his computer. And this was days before Michelle's disappearance, too. Oh, so she was crazy right around that time. Yeah, and which makes people think that she was looking for more information on fucking Giselle. Or on fucking Michelle. Jeez. Breaking into his fucking shit. Like trying to catch him or Mm -hmm. something. Trying to catch him or maybe looking for her info or something. Because mind you, Michelle grew up in San Diego and now she's going to school in a completely different town. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not like she would just know her address anymore. Right, right, right. So it gets even crazier where Scott ends up giving audio recordings of Giselle to the police about one of their many fights between him and Michelle. So me and Jenna are going to read this. It's, it's pretty fucking disgusting. Like you listen to it. Yeah. So I'm going to be Giselle. Jenna's going to be Scott. I'm not an actress. It's okay. So Giselle says, I asked you, can we be honest about Michelle? Because she's the one issue I'm having a really, really hard time with dealing with. That's not what you said at all. Okay, fine. Then starting now, are you going to be honest about Michelle? Do you understand me? Whether you sleep with her, whether you share food with her, whether you talk to her, you're going to be fucking honest with me. Otherwise, I will take your life and hers and you can take that to your grave. Why? Why? Because you lied about her so many times. It's hard to believe that you didn't sleep with her and knock her up. You deserve to die for your lies and she does too. And you will. What? Why? This is your last warning. That's I don't like, like it. I don't like it. Don't that's like legitimately it. like word for word, like the audio clip on Dateline. Thank you for that performance. That was yeah. good. Yes. That was really good. You're all welcome. That was <laughs> the most atrocious thing, but I stand by it. No, that was good. That was good. So she's a fucking crazy person. Yeah. Like she's a fucking crazy. Like, and I'm not making this up. If this sounds cheesy, word for word. I will take your life and hers. You can take that to the grave. You deserve to die for your lies, and so oh does she. God. And you will. And I want everybody to understand that their daughter, Scott and Giselle's daughter, was sitting in the back seat. And oh in my. the recording, you can hear the daughter oh. go, Mama? Oh. Yeah. Don't tell me that. I know. No. So that's fucking incriminating as if we don't know like who did this. We know who did this, right? Yeah. So police also go through 1500 text messages between Scott and Giselle. It's clear Giselle had a burning fucking hatred towards Michelle. Why is she so bitter? Well, and the thing is, is there's like this interview with like a police investigator and like the Dateline guy is like, I mean, is this just made up? And the police officer or the investigator or whatever is very serious. And he's like, it's not made up. And he's like, so like, you think something was going on? He's like, no, I don't think anything was going on. But I think that Giselle believed something was going on. Mm -hmm. And so whether it was real or not, whether there was like this cheating scandal or not, Giselle believed that there was. And so it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter how like insane we think it is. She thought that shit was fucking real. Mm. Not that that makes it okay. You can't argue with a crazy person. That's what he's saying. He's like... We can stay here until we're blue in the face and say that nothing was going on. And Scott clearly tried to fucking tell her that. And it doesn't matter. She believed that Michelle was ruining her family. And it doesn't matter what anyone told her or what reality was. It She fucking believed that shit till she was blue in the face, you know? That's whack. <laughs> Isn't that fucking insane? So it gets even fucking worse. Like, I have to throw this bit in, even though it's unnecessary. <laughs> The police get a call from a priest at a Catholic church. 
So the priest identifies somebody who talked to him the day Michelle went missing. The day before, like, so it's the 27th. It's the mm-hmm. day she went missing, but it's the morning, not the evening. Michelle went missing in the evening oh, okay. from the parking garage. This is the morning of, right? And somebody comes to the church and is sitting outside and they ask the priest if she can confess. And the priest is like, like, I don't know if you know anything about the Catholic church, nothing, but have you ever heard about like the confessionals that you do? And there's like the box that you sit in or whatever. So there's like a legality to that. Like if you're giving confessional to a priest, that's not admissible in court. That's like, that's why you're allowed to do it. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to feel like there's a safe space to confess the darkest of sins right but she's sitting outside the church oh so the priest is like not trying to be sleazy though he's like do you want to go inside like hey go fucking inside and she's like i don't want to and he's like okay cool then like what's up and she's like i just want forgiveness for something i haven't done yet oh so because it didn't happen in the church the priest is legally allowed to talk to the police about it and that's, you know, the day that Michelle goes missing. So, so she knew she was going to do it. Yeah. It's it like, wasn't like a spur of the moment. It was very That's planned. what we think. But the fucking craziest part of this whole case, right, is obviously we know that Giselle did something. Like, yeah. that's fucking a given. Yeah. But the thing is, is we still don't have a fucking body. And, like, True. what do we know about cases without a body is how do you prove that a murder happened if you don't have a murder victim? Yeah. She could have run away. She was an adult, right? Mm-hmm. She did send those text messages, right. supposedly. So after about four months into the case, the answers kind of end up coming all to, like, fruition. So there's a another search that takes place in that canyon And there's a woman who was involved. And I want to say, I might be making this up, but there was a woman who ends up joining this search and she brings like a search dog in training. And that woman, I think, had like a family incident happen too. Like, I think her daughter went missing or something. So she like took it upon herself to go out on this like eight Mm -hmm. search for this girl. And she brings her search dog who's in training. And like the dog is like acting like a maniac. And like he keeps Mm -hmm. trying to take off. And she's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. But he's in training, so she's like, whatever, like, mm-hmm. give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And he fucking takes off. And so she has to chase him down, and he's, like, alerting to something. Oh. And so she, like, is trying to, like, get a hold on him, and she grabs him, and he gets off again and goes to the same spot. And so they finally walk over there, and there's, like, remains there. Oh. And the dog, like, just, like, she Go brought that, that guy. He's got dog. an A in the class. Literally, <laughs> that dog passes. Yes. Like, his diploma's ready. So they find like remains and it takes a while for them to like do the dental records. But after all said and done, it ends up being her. Right. So like this whole case, like it's fucking crazy. It's, it's disgusting as fuck. Mm -hmm. It's like the most petty reason ever. It was so stupid. But you would like think after we've gone through all this, it's like Giselle fucking did it. You know, like there's no question. Right. Okay. But her defense attorneys knew that like, they're like, there's no question that she did it. So the prosecutor like gives her opening statement and they're like, like, fuck her. Like she did it. Like, look at all this evidence. Yeah. Just like that. Like, fuck Giselle. Yeah. And they give all this evidence. And then it's the defense attorney's turn. And he's like, yeah, Giselle did it. Okay, cool. And the prosecuting attorney like was not prepared. Like you are never prepared for that. Yeah. And they're like, what? And so the defense attorney's like, yeah, like, we're not here to tell you she didn't do it. Like, look at all that fucking evidence. (laughs) You saw all that. She totally did it. 
And everybody's like, what the hell? He argues that it was manslaughter, that she didn't mean to kill her that day, that they got into a fight, that she went there to talk to her or whatever the case may be. No. Whatever the argument is that it escalated and it was a blind rage situation. And no. that. And the fucking crazy thing is, like, we know that in, like, true crime cases, what, the typical deliberation is anywhere from, like, a few hours to, like, a few days. Like, that's normal, like, time for the jury to deliberate. They were out for seven days. Seven days? And so, like, when the jury comes back in, like, on the Dateline episode, they're, like, they looked fucking exhausted. Like, and so everybody was, like, this is not, like, this isn't going to be good, you know? Yeah. What, why did it take so long? Which means they're clearly considering the defense's case. Like, so they're all sitting there and like at the end of the episode, like, and I'm so sorry, like y'all are going to like go and watch this episode and you're going to be like, wow, that was like pretty much the whole episode, but it was so good. Like I have to tell it this way. So it's like the end of the case, the jury's coming out. They're like looking just worn out and the whole family is there in the courtroom. And like this this investigator gives this interview to the Dateline people. And he's like, you know, a lot of times in homicide cases, no one shows up for the victim because they've already had the worst fucking thing that they can imagine happen in their life. Mm -hmm. And they have no desire to sit in that courtroom and like, listen to it all happen again. And so he's like, sometimes maybe you get, maybe you get the mom and dad, maybe Mm -hmm. you get like a sister, but Michelle's whole fucking family was there. I love that. And they're all sitting there waiting for this verdict, like, and they're terrified because, like, seven days, you know? It's a lot of days. And, like, the foreman comes out and says, like, Giselle Esteban guilty of first-degree murder. Good. Yeah. And so she goes to jail for the rest of her life. We hope. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's like wild. Over what? Like, literally a thing that you made up in your head because you were crazy? A fucking fantasy. Jealousy? Yeah. That's how that's so stupid up people are. And I'm sorry, like, that's like the most classic Dateline episode, but it's yeah, so no, it's good. good. It's so good. You're like, why? What is the reason for this? Like, yeah, you could just, if you're that uncomfortable, you could just break up with him. And they already were. Just leave it alone. They weren't even fucking together. So then drop it and let him do whatever he wants. And it's crazy, too, because, like, the saddest part, like, I could leave this whole podcast without saying this and breaking everybody's heart, but I'm going to do it anyways, because Michelle's cousin does a lot of interviews throughout the whole Dateline episode. And at the very end, she like makes a statement and obviously I'm going to fuck it up, but she basically Mm -hmm. says like, like Keith Morrison is interviewing and he's like this classic old man. He's been doing Dateline for forever. And he's like the most, the best interviewer ever. Right. So Keith Morrison's interviewing her and he's like, when does she come to you? You know, like, when does Michelle come to you? Mm-hmm. And the cousin's like, mostly when I'm asleep and I have these dreams of her. And in the dreams, I see her and she's Ooh. real. And I run up to her and I'm like, Michelle, like, there was this whole thing. Yeah. Like, where have you been? And she just laughs it off in my dream. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I tell her, like, Michelle, like, we were so worried about you. And she's like, I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? And she says, and then I wake up. Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, dang it. <laughs> like, Keith Morrison, why do you have to do that to me? <laughs> no. Isn't that just, ugh. That's a lot. Like, rip your heart out. It's fine, I'm not crying. You're crying. 
I hope that makes you want to watch Dayline because Dayline does. Is quality. It really does. Well, it's time for an intermission because I really have to pee. Oh, good. Okay. That's good. We'll be right back, friends. It'll take us two I'm seconds. So sorry. I swear. Okay, everybody. We're back. We're sorry about that. Brief intermission. Okay. Who is ready to hear about Stephen Port? Who the fuck is Stephen right? Port? That's what I said this morning. It's not, but that's what I would have said if somebody said that to me. Okay, I'm ready I for this. knew nothing about this. Okay, today. tell me the type. Is it just a classic serial killer? Because I love Ooh. those. Okay. Um, serial killer. So, uh, how many? Can you tell me? Is it ruining the story? If I ask, how many people he killed? Four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So you're good. I love knowing, like, when I hear serial killer, you want to know killer, the severity. I need to know the severity of the murder. That's, That's incredibly important. It's important. It's so important. Yep. So this guy, he is what a lot of people just kind of describe as like, just kind of stays at home, stays like homebody. Yeah, like he's like stays by himself, quiet. Um, he's in his forties, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> this is rude. He's just not very cute. Okay. And, and then, okay. That okay. Was wait, 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 wait. What's his name? Stephen Port. Stephen Port. Yeah, with a PH. Oh. But it'll so be. So not exactly the way. Oh. Yeah, he's just not very cute. Okay, okay. we're going to share. And that's mean, but. No, but it needs to, like, I need to know what people look like. It's a yeah. credit. Is this a good. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. don't want that. No, that is good because that's. How about this? So both are important for different reasons. Okay. But it'll come into play in my story. Okay. I'm gonna share this but picture of him on my on our Facebook. Also share the, the that one with his called noggin. Deal. So Stephen Porras. So he's a quiet guy. He's an awkward guy. Yeah. So he he he's in the UK mm-hmm. and I don't know the city mm. because even if someone were to tell me, it wouldn't stick because I don't know where that is. Yeah. And that's I'm fair. not good at it. So mm-hmm. he's in the UK. Um this was he was an active, I guess you could say, serial killer. So between June 2014 and September 2015. Mm. So it's pretty recent, which I thought was interesting. That is pretty recent. Um, He was a chef. I thought was interesting to know. Don't know why, but I feel like he's just like, he's just kind of quirky, you know? He's a, little, he's a chef quirky. and he stays to himself and his neighbors would describe him as just gloomy and antisocial. Okay. And, and, and I hate to be yeah. like stereotypical, but it's also just a little bit. You hear that and you're like, Mm-hmm. why yeah and like and if your neighbors think you're gloomy it's like how gloomy do you have to come across just passing your neighbors you know yeah exactly like, like they could be quiet or I just like, like reserved but like if you're gonna be described as gloomy you must be like really putting it out there that you're just not happy and like typically the way you like pretend like normal people like, hey. okay that's a that's a stretch to say normal no. people but a little bit i feel like the majority of people yeah you typically pretend you know what i mean yeah so Stephen Port was like i said he was just kind of weird mm-hmm. um he he's gay okay and that is a very important piece of information for this case yeah um because he he had a hard time meeting people in okay. person because he's very awkward yeah so he's not comfortable like just walking up to somebody and starting up a conversation and you know like just meeting someone in like real life yeah like having that like interaction doesn't yeah, come naturally not, to him no, at all no um but he is very good at social media and okay. um portraying himself as somebody that he's not oh my gosh so this guy um he spends a lot of time on a lot of like popular 
like dating apps, but really more like hookup apps. Okay. Like I think they called it like I, I'm gonna get the name of this wrong, but one's like like fit lads or something like uh-huh. fit guys, fit, fit guys, fit boys. I don't know. Fit boys. <laughs> no, yeah, I just made that up. Um, and Grinder was a, one of his really top apps that he used a lot. Um, and so he he likes to just like, which is fine. Like a lot of people use that as a legitimate source to find people. Yeah, to make that connection. I met Jason on Tinder, so. There you go. See, it's it can be like a good thing. Yeah. But when you're not a good person, it's not a good thing. And that's what's just like, okay, that's what people don't realize. It's like, there's all this hate coming from things like that. Like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even just stem through like Tinder and stuff like that. It stems even through to like Uber and shit like Lyft that. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, if there's a method of meeting people easily, quickly, and anonymously, it's going, it can, it can be abused. get abused. And it's not the fault of the people using the app. It's the fault of the fucking individual. The predators. The predators. Yeah. And that's the perfect People term for said this the guy. same thing when, like, remember, like, AIM and, like, mm-hmm. instant messaging and chat rooms? Remember oh, chat yeah. rooms? I had some of the most uncomfortable yeah. fucking it's like scenarios oh, yeah. happen in chat rooms. Like, and we, we, we and you just what? like do it as like if when you're with your friends and you're mm-hmm. like what thirteen, yeah, like, join on, and then you don't realize it. It can be incredibly dangerous. Even worse, did you ever when you were younger not change subject? But did you ever use like oh maybe? Yes, that's exactly what I'm and thinking. And a lot of. of people, and I dare say, even parents, right? Even my parents might not even understand what that was or what that is. And me and my cousins, my cousins at family's houses Mm -hmm. were using this because we thought it was funny. It was fun. And it was like, it was full of men being gross, trying to sexualize children. Children. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we think about it as like, I see posts on Facebook, like remember Omegle. And if you really think about it, it's fucking disgusting. And like, it's just, this whole scenario is something that I really want to educate my kid on yeah. because like this, so all of the information I got for this was for, from uh, click for murder on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm going to make her watch all of those episodes. Cause basically every episode is about meeting someone online and how, or like oh my the God. dangers of social media and like, like killers and people just abusing it. So I'm going to sit her down when she's old enough. I mean, yeah. she's too little now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when she's older, she's, a teenager. she's going to sit down and she's going to watch all those. And I'm going to say, you be careful. You can you can have the internet and I trust you, but mm-hmm. look at what can happen. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to, and maybe that's the worst parenting ever, but that's real. Like that's real. She needs to know what that guy That gives me an idea for our next podcast. Really? Because there's a, there's a case about a girl who met somebody online and then ends up like hearing noises outside her house. <gasps> Is that Casey Woody? I don't remember. Or something? Uh, that one's good, too. I think that I recognize that name, though. I it might that, be something I like that. I think that's what that one is. How she meets this young dude. Yep. On, the yep. surfer boy. Yes. That's, the yep. California dude. Yep. Oh, God. I almost did it on that one. Really? Yeah, I almost did. But anyways, so we get to we get to see all these accounts now yeah. for what they really are. Yeah. But when you look at it, he used to use, if you see the pictures that we post on our Facebook, he's got like no hair he's like not someone you but initially he find himself that way no he would use 
a blonde wig, which is kind of odd. That's he would, really weird. Yeah, he would wear this little, and it doesn't look like super fake in his pictures. He pulls it off in a way that makes him look younger, which is really and makes fucking her, gross to think about. Yeah, and if you look at him, is not he like kind of bald? Like he's bald. not kind of bald. He's really bald. Oh, he's, yeah, he's big bald. Yeah. Okay. So he would, and if you see on our Facebook page, the one where he like crops it, so it really looks like he's younger. He's got this nice smile, like. He just really portrays himself to be this like this like happy, outgoing, attractive young guy. That's disgusting. And um, he would lie on all of his accounts saying like he was a naval officer, that he was a special needs teacher and other ones. All of it's false. He was not. Oh um, my God. So then we come to June, the night of June 18th of 2014. And he sets up this, like, date or whatever with this guy, and his name is Anthony Walgate. And Anthony was this, like, young, like, full of ambition. He was a fashion student, and um, he actually, he was having, like, a hard time, like, financially or whatever, but he was a part-time escort as well. What the hell? Um, so Stephen ends up offering him 800 pounds for him to come over to his house, basically. And to have sex with him. What the fuck? And so he's like, okay. And so they they set it all up. He comes over. And um, another important thing to know is Stephen, he was really into um, the recreational use of the drug GHB, which I'm sure you're familiar with, like the, the party drug. What the fuck? Like the date rape drug. Like he yeah. would use that. Like he would take it just like for fun, you know, his own, his small amount that you need to get yeah. your like fun high from it. Yeah. Um, but he ended up actually giving him a lot. Yeah. He secretly put it in his drink. So he date rapes him, basically. Um, he sexually assaults him. And then he actually ended up giving him a lethal dose. So he dies. What the fuck? Yeah. So he ends up dying, which is tragic. Yeah. And around, then that was around four o'clock in the morning when he dies. Yeah. So the next day, the 19th. Mm-hmm. And... This guy is so stupid. Yeah. Like, there's no way other to put it. This guy, he puts the body right outside of his front door. Why? He just puts him, like, basically right on his doorstep. And then he makes an anonymous phone call to the emergency services. And was like, hey, I just found a body. You should probably, you should probably come look at it. Is he... I'm sorry, like, there's no other way for me to ask this question. Is he, like, mentally impaired or something? I don't... It doesn't ever say that in, in anything I found that he was, but... Oh, my hell. So he kills him, like, rapes him, kills him, puts his body on him the fucking front door, and is like, excuse me, I found I a dead guy. UBS brought the wrong, like, <laughs> what? This isn't what I ordered. Can <laughs> I return it? Like, what the hell? And oh my God. I listened to part of the 911 call, and... And he calls him at, like, 4, 8, 4, 18 in the morning. So it's, like, right after. Like, he does not even think. He's just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Better call someone. What the fuck? And he makes his call, and he's like... He'd be yeah. her off pretending that they just it was did too much drugs. Yeah, right? And so he ends up, and he's calling him, and he says, like, oh, this guy is, like, collapsed. I think he had a seizure or something. Or this boy is drunk, is what he says. He's dead. You killed him. You know what happened. Basically... They they were like, okay, I mean, cool, we'll, we'll work it out, I guess, we'll do what we need to do. And then they end up tracing the call back to his to him, because he made it anonymously, and, like, he lives there. And they're like, oh, like, you know. 
Um, and they realized that Anthony was an escort um, and that he had spent the night with Stephen. So they know that he had spent the night there. They know that he had been paid to spend the night there. And they still, like, they don't even take that as yeah. evidence that he did it. Are you serious? Um, they All that happens, basically, is that he ends up being charged with perverting the courts of justice because he ends up saying that um, he overdosed on his own drugs while he was there, and he panicked and just moved him outside. So, so that wasn't like he didn't tell the truth. He's like, so sorry. I, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. So that's what happened. Actually, he just overdosed and I put him there and I didn't want to like admit it because I was embarrassed or I was panicked. And they believe and that. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and so they took that and they were like, that's what he said happened. Um, so he literally just was charged with perverting the courts of justice. What so, like, the That's hell? it. And then, and then, um, they kind of like find out after the fact, like we know this now, but yeah, like during in hindsight. this, yeah, during the time he had been researching a lot of sketchy shit on his computer. It's always in them fucking mm-hmm. Google searches, yes. and people so, think that they're not going to find right. it. Right, like that's not going cognito, but it's still there. It's still it's there. there. So he was watching a lot of videos of porn, and his. Porn of choice. Bet you can't guess what it is. Please tell <laughs> um, us. It's older men sleeping with younger boys who are either asleep or like drugged out or like passive. Like wow. basically like exactly what he just did to that guy. What the so he's not right in like no, in any, you know. Not. Something's not right here. So like, with his mental We get to literally only like a week later? Yeah. A week, maybe weeks. Mm-hmm. And he makes another date with this guy, and his name is Gabriel Cavari. And this was in August of 2014. So it's like shortly after, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he actually, like, I guess they become friends, or I'm not really sure the full backstory of how they know each other. Yeah. Um, he ends up actually being his roommate. He lets him move in. Uh-huh. And only a couple days after he's moved in, he does that same shit. He gives him too much GHB, he sexually assaults him, and he dies. Surprise, surprise. What the fuck? He does the same thing. So this time, what happens is he doesn't leave the body on his doorstep. He ends up taking the body and basically just moving it, like, down the street. It's, like, less than a quarter of a mile away. He down the street. Yeah. He picks him up and takes him down. And mind you, this is a really busy street. So who knows how he didn't get caught? Like, what the fuck he is just, this story? He just walks him down less than a quarter mile down the street to a graveyard and props him up on a, like a gravestone and just like, bye. And we just say, you're going to pretend that's fucking. He puts him on a gravestone? <laughs> yeah. That's so bad. Okay, this is like a fucking... Like, I'm not, like, laughing because movie. it's funny. I'm laughing because he's so stupid. This is insane to me. Yeah, like, it's awful. Um, So he leaves his body there, and then he goes home, and you want to know what he does because he's stupid, Please like I said. Me. So he makes a, another account because he doesn't have enough already, but this time he goes under the name John Luck, and that's his, that's his identity of the day and he reaches out to gabriel's 
boyfriend mm-hmm. who just found out that his boyfriend died. Yeah. And he basically was like, yeah, um, somebody in a weird green car came in and picked him up. What the? And so, like, trying to throw it off of yeah, Stephen, yeah. basically. And, like, that doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But they still don't link Gabriel's murder to Anthony's murder. Even though it's, like, within the same quarter of a mile, both overdosed or whatever on GHB. And they're the same age. They're both gay. You know what? And they didn't link them together. This is so not related, but it is related. But when I hear stuff like this with cases like this and, like, all I can think, and this sounds so fucking stupid, but I'm going (laughs) to say it. I feel like when it comes to, like, police investigations, when a murder happens, like, you would think, and this is going to, I just want to preface this with saying it's so fucking stupid. (laughs) I feel like there should be, like, tags. Yeah. Like, Drug related, (laughs) like on this block, like like, in the city, like, like, you know, male on male homicide, like some kind of things that like when it all gets added together, like it triggers that these are some related, like, bing, oh, we have a match. I say that, I say that like, it's like the most simple, like, why doesn't the police just fucking do it? Why don't they just connect it? (laughs) I have no idea why it doesn't happen. But when we look at it in hindsight, it's like the most infuriating right. thing to look at it and say that it's clearly related. But no, they didn't link them together. Oh, God. <sighs> so then we just go on. We, he just goes on about his days. Like, he, like, nothing like happened. Like, nothing happened. Yeah, and fast forward to literally just September 18th, 2014. So, like, right after that, he does it again. He just does it again. And there's, like, no need to go into all the detail of he gets on a date, you know, because he does all the same things, you know? Yep. He meets Daniel Whitworth is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, oh no! Oh, oh my God! I I missed a very important part. Of okay, Gabriel, the last guy that he left at the the Cemetery. graveyard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was found by a lady walking her dog. Yeah. So tell me why Stephen thought it would be a good idea to after Daniel dies, the third victim. Mm-hmm. To take him to the same graveyard what? and drop him off there to have him be found by the same dog walker. The same, the same dog walker. Two bodies yes. in the same graveyard. Yes. Okay, first of all, like. Poor lady. Poor lady, yes. But also, if I found a dead body in a graveyard. I would not be walking that graveyard again. I would never fucking walk my dog there ever <laughs> again. <laughs> I don't think I would walk my dog ever again. I would be so traumatized. But yeah, no, this lady had to experience this twice. She comes across Daniel now, dead in the graveyard. And I just want you to... I don't even know how to, like, start this without saying, like, Stephen left a suicide note with Daniel... And so he, and on this case, this is important. He leaves him in the graveyard with a blanket. Mm-hmm. So, and that will come into play later. Yeah. But I just want to read you the note that was left. And it's so stupid. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. It's a, it's a little long at first, but there's this, I'll just read it. Okay. It says, I am sorry to everyone, mainly my family, but I can't go on anymore. I took the life of my friend, Gabriel Klein. So he's blaming him for the last murder already. Mm -hmm. 
we was just having some fun at a mate's place and I got carried away and gave him another shot of G. So the GHB. Yeah. I didn't notice while we was having sex that he stopped breathing. I tried everything to get him to breathe again, but it was too late. It was an accident, but I blame myself for what happened. And I didn't tell my family I went out. I know I would go to prison if I go to the police and I can't do that to my family. And at least this way I can at least be with Gabriel again. I hope you will forgive me. Uh-huh. Are you ready for the crazy part? Yeah, that's not it. No, no. BTW. Please do not blame the guy I was with last night. We only had sex and then I left. He knows nothing of what I've done. What the fuck? Like, this is a real fucking This is story. a real thing. And this is a real note that somebody left. And then it goes on to say, I've taken what GI have left with sleeping pills. So if it does kill me, it's what I deserve. Feeling dizzy now as took 10 minutes ago. So hoping you understand my writing. I dropped my phone on the way here, so it should be in the grass somewhere. Sorry to everyone. Love, Daniel. It should be in the grass somewhere. Yeah, like, in what world would that be the last... I mean, I guess that's... I guess I can't say that. But that's not real. That's That's not real. I'm sorry, I'm not an investigator, but but That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I see, because that shit's... That doesn't make any sense. No. BTW, it wasn't the guy I was with tonight. <laughs> like, literally, that's what it said. Like, not even by the way, it was BTW. That's like, fucking insane. Oh, where, okay, I'm oh sorry. My God. I'm sorry. I should know this. Where did this happen? In the UK, and I don't remember the city. But in the UK, like? Yeah. Oh, my. BTW, God. it wasn't the guy I was just with. Don't ask him any questions, basically. Oh. Yeah. Um. That was, just made me, like face palm there's nothing else you can do other than that yeah and the fact that he tried to he tried to blame daniel for killing gabriel and they still didn't link them all together really they were just like dang well well, that sucks crazy how life and it kind of like makes you wonder is it like because they just didn't have enough information or did they just not care to look into it because of the, the high-risk lifestyle they're living or you know what I mean yeah like are they not looking into it because it's like these gays and their drugs and their what? scandalous lives you and know that would have been in the 2014 this... oh my god so it's like and granted we I, mean, I, I guess know. I don't, I don't really know. know like what the like societal standards and stuff but I feel like my brain like goes to like that's they're more progressive than we are like yeah I don't know I feel like they but... started like these types of movements before we are because it's Europe and they're typically more progressive. Yeah. Do so you think that there wouldn't be this attitude like that? But and I guess hopefully that's not what it was, but that's what it reads. That's what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. When you look in on it, definitely. So I just don't even know how they weren't like Stephen. That's it. So done. what? You know, like what brings? Is that not what brought them to like? Finally. Oh, no, we still have more, more to go. Wait, oh, there's more. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, does it just... <laughs> no, there's more. Are we done? <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't it. Um, oh, my God. So, this is now we go insane, to like, January of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets this little, like, this super cute guy, mm-hmm. Connor Huntley. Um, so, Connor and his boyfriend had recently just broken up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, shoot, I'll download this app. Like, yeah, I'm going to go do what I want to do. And uh-huh. I'm going to get back on my ex or yeah. whatever, you know, like he's just Classic. out there like rebound style stuff, you know? So he goes to Steven's house and 
he he notes even in this episode like like i drink like but this drink he gave me was strong and it wasn't normal it wasn't normal strong i was wobbly oh no and so then it starts getting sexual mm-hmm. and they end up like going to his room and doing what they do yeah and he blacks out he's gone like he can't remember Mm-mm. and then he wakes up in the morning because mm-hmm. he did not die Oh no! I mean, that's good. I mean, good. Oh no! Oh, no. He survived. <laughs> oh no! But I mean, oh no for him because that's scary. Yeah. But so he wakes up in the morning and he's like, just like, what happened last night? You know. Apparently, somebody runs outside of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Stephen decides to show him, hey. Look at this video I took of you last night. What the hell? Like, what are you doing? And so he took a video of him basically raping him because he's blackout drunk. No, well, drugged. Yeah, drugged, literally. And he kind of like goes, kind of like feels icky about it. Yeah. And his friends are like, yeah, no, dude, you, you was raped. Like, that's not right. Like, that's not okay. No. He doesn't really do anything about it because he's like, I don't know, well, man. I was drinking and I was on a It's hard with that situation and... because it's like sometimes you're left questioning, like was it what right? was that? Am I misremembering? Yeah. Yeah. Like and like if he was blackout, what did I say? Did yeah. I did, did I, I, say I say something? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So luckily for him he survives. Um and then shortly after that, Steven actually goes to jail for three months for the the previous thing we talked about, the Converting the cause of perverting the course of justice. Yeah. So he goes to jail for three months. That's it. Three fucking months. Three months. Three months. But right when he gets out, basically. So he gets out in June. And then right in September of 2015, mm-hmm. he does starts his shit again. What the fuck? Because he can't learn his lesson. Yeah. Because he's gotten away with it. Yeah, why he can do what, whatever he wants, he thinks, you know? At this point for him, like, what lesson is there to fucking learn? He's hit the lesson he's learned is that this is acceptable this and is I fun. can do this and nobody will believe me. Nobody's going to care enough to look into it that hard. It probably gives him this attitude of, like, I'm fucking smarter than them. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something right. Um. Yeah, so he meets this guy named Jack Taylor on September 13th and they met on Grinder, and... He, they like make this plan to meet up at a, I think it was like a, a train station. And then they were going to go back to Steven's house mm-hmm. and hang out. Um, and in my notes, I put, he did the whole thing again. Fuck him. Seriously, fuck him. <laughs> Literally, though. fuck him. Put the GHB in the drink, raped him. He died. And then he left the body at the graveyard. The same, the same graveyard. Yeah. But this time he did a little bit of a twist and he planted a syringe in his pocket to make it look like he had overdosed on his own accord. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, it's his fault that he's died. Like, this isn't a murder. He he just overdosed. And it's hard because, like, with police agencies, a lot of the time, it's just, like, these are people who don't make the best money. They don't mm-hmm. have enough staffing. They And so if they see something like this and they feel like there's a reasonable conclusion, they're like, yeah, okay. I guess, yeah. We don't want to spend money on that. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, such a disgustingly fucking stark contrast to, like, my entire 
rant about yeah. how like have faith in the police i know that's why when you were saying that i was like uh-huh. everybody well you just wait have faith in the police but also don't but also give them the time but then also don't let them take too much time and then just, it's hard to be there's hard. just no way yeah like, there's no way so after this happens he's dumped his fourth body now he goes home and just deletes his grinder. And this is his fifth victim. Yeah. Because that other guy didn't That we die. know of. Yeah. True. You know? That's true. Um, yeah. And he goes home and just deletes his account, hoping to just, like, get rid of it all. Like, like he's going to call it quits. No, like, saying. get rid of the evidence for oh. Jack. Not at all. I doubt that would have been the end all, you know? Yeah, there's no way. No, he, like, he, he thinks he can do it. Yeah. And at this point, to my understanding, from what I was catching on the episode i don't think they were still linking all these together no they still were not linking them all together but jack's family like go like this is the theme of the episode is go family yeah (laughs) just like be there Mm -hmm. and do what you can Mm -hmm. he they pushed because they knew that he didn't do drugs yeah and they were like no he did not kill like he didn't overdose on drugs he doesn't do drugs like this is bullshit yeah we're not gonna take it and so they they start a research of their own. They mm-hmm. just they just start researching it, and they were the ones to link the murders together. They're like, this doesn't make sense Which that all these people. Disgusting that fucking <laughs> civilians have to spend their fucking time when people get paid to do it. Yeah, that's so. So they link them together, and they basically come to the police with all this, and they're like, we need to do something about this. Yeah, this isn't just a little accident here and an accident there like this is something's happening and they're like he they knew the family knew that he had plans to meet up with this guy but they don't know who mm-hmm. at the station and so like he was going to meet somebody at the station pull the videos yeah like pull the videos and they do mm-hmm. and they pull the videos they see jack and then they see another guy with jack and they don't know like who it is off the like right off right the off bat the looking at they him. don't so, oh, that's that guy that yeah, because they dumped the bodies, you know. No, so they end up releasing the footage to the media and, and just like releasing it to see mm-hmm. if anyone knows. And then police officer actually recognizes him as one of the other because he saw him like months before at that same station, and he was with a man who was heavily intoxicated. <gasps> We don't know who it was. Yeah. Which could just be another victim, maybe. Probably. Who did they live? Did they die? We don't know. Oh my god. Was it a victim? Was he just with his drunk friend? I don't know. I but he like... recognized who he was, but he didn't get like in trouble for that incident. Yeah. But he was like, I remember that guy. I know. I just talked to him and he was with somebody who was like like blacked out, like incoherent. Yeah. So Literally, that's what did it. That guy recognizing him. Mm-hmm. Two it's days later, the deal. Two days later, he was arrested. Jesus fucking. Christ. And then they like start taking him in for questioning, and he's like denying everything. Of like, course, he is. It's like no, no, no. I don't know. I just, I just am on the internet sometimes. You know, like I just. Well, who isn't? You know. Oh and my god. They end up accessing his computer and, and they end up, they do link him to Daniel's mm-hmm. for sure because the blanket he was left on had his DNA, DNA on, on it. And they end up accessing his computer and they find he had like over 20 different social media accounts under his fake, fake whatever. Some were under him, some were under fake names, 
all of them were wise. There, none of them were really like Christ. who he ended up actually being. Um, he was convicted of all four murders in October of 2016, and that wasn't everything he was convicted of. So he's got the murder, yeah, and then he's got like all the kidnapping, rape, yeah, drugging. So he uh-huh. was convicted of over 22 crimes. And he was sentenced to what they call, which we've learned in the last episode, we're not good at different sentences and what they mean. But they called this one a whole life episode. Life episode? A whole whole life term, and he'll never be eligible for parole. Okay. So that's like a true, like like a true life sentence. Yes. Jesus Christ. But what the fuck? (laughs) What a, that sounds like not real. Right? That sounds like it. Can't, but it is. BTW. I'm sorry. That part just sticks with me. BTW. Don't look into the guy I was just with. And they didn't. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he said not to, so I will be. Okay, that's an, okay. That makes me want to throw up. Like the fact that somebody could dump a body on their doorstep and not get even looked into for murder. Like what the hell? It sounds like it's like oh okay. It sounds like something that you could see happening like in like the forties. It was like back in the day. Like you know they 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 rang the operator. <laughs> the operator sent them to the sheriff, and they came and picked up the body. But in two thousand fourteen, yeah. And it's just like, how did it go so wrong? How did it not get? And it's really sad because like. The first victim I could see, not really, because that wasn't the doorstep one. Uh huh. So the first victim I can't really see not being looked <laughs> like, into, but maybe let's the say, second one where he's in the graveyard. Yeah, let's say the second victim, Gabriel. If they would have linked the two together somehow, like with the GHB and mm-hmm. the proximity to the, like the first location, if they could have just linked those, you could have saved two other people and also the the other victim in between. Yeah. Then those never and would have who happened. else knows? Like, who, who else knows? No. Who else knows? <laughs> who knows who else is yes. what I mean. Who else knows? Who else knows? <laughs> Hopefully everyone knows. Because I, I just told you. Um, I don't. Yeah, like, and they made a good point to say, like, literally all my information came from this whole episode. So if you if you want to watch it, just don't because you just heard it. What was it on? Um, Netflix. Click for Ooh. Murder. Click for Murder? That's what the the series is called. And there's more, it's not, it's like a one episode per murder. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch them in like a sequence Ooh. or anything like that. They're all just like, each episode is based on a different, a different crime, a different case, a different, but they're all like related to social media and the dangers. Do you remember that show? Wasn't there a show or a movie where police officers pretend to be children or something and they try to like oh do you know what i'm talking about yeah i don't know what show you're talking about but i definitely know like it happened yeah there was like a task force where they pose as young did you know that people? still exists like not yeah. that exact thing but they'll ask adults for images and they'll like oh i i are you talking about the one where they have the lady and she already looks kind of young but they like dress her in like younger clothes and they edit her photos to look younger, younger. and so then they go up to meet and then she like is acting like shy or whatever and then they catch her catch no, the predator. but that's fucking crazy also yeah but there is an agency i think it's in utah where maybe it's national based where they will ask adults that look like young people that they're not young they're adults because then it's not illegal because you're mm-hmm. not like 
using a kid because that's the thing is you can't, you can't use, use a, kid a child's and... photo because that's fucked up you know? yeah so they use adults that could be edited or passed off as children mm-hmm. which i feel like we are people that kind of look like that like we look like i have a baby face younger than we really are but if you can edit them to look even younger with photoshop it's not technically like a child that's an yeah. adult that's given their consent but they believe that it's a child fully exactly and they it's disgusting they they have these conversations with pedophiles or suspected pedophiles at least and they get them to agree to things that are illegal there's this tiktoker <laughs> i'm sorry for everyone that's like not on tiktok but like there's this tiktoker i follow and i don't know if she's like a police officer i feel like she wouldn't be but because she's posting online but she basically like poses as a 14-year-old mm-hmm. and, like, all these, like, nasty men call her and, like, say gross stuff. And she, like, records it and puts it on her TikTok account. Just, like, exposing these guys as being gross. What the fuck? And, like, agreeing to do terrible things with her. Oh, yeah. No. That's the world we live in. Yeah. It terrifies me. And it's only, like, I feel like it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I'm just, like, know? no, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Even a little bit. It's icky. It's gross. Like, why can't we all... <laughs> I was just about to sound like a like a Barney episode. Why can't we all just be friends and nice? Why can't we all be honest? Why can't we not have fetishes for children? Yeah. I feel like that's not asking a lot. No, it's not. Like, I can get past the rage murders, the fucking, <laughs> like, domestic incidents, but, like, can we not just have attractions for kids? children? Yeah. Like, that's not asking a lot. That's that's the line that you cross. No. Those, those. I mean, not to say that mine wasn't even. Mine wasn't about children per se, but he definitely had a type of younger looking guys, and all of his victims were like. It's just that early twenties. It's that fucking the ability, the mm-hmm. how easy the access is to children on the Ew. internet, and it gets earlier and earlier like as we get older like Mm -hmm. even when we were younger like I remember like the argument with my sister was that she couldn't have a phone until she was 15 but then when she was 15 I was 12 and so when she got a phone I wanted a phone and so Mm -hmm. it was just like that right there like it's just a prime example of like it just progressively gets earlier whether it sounds wrong or not is a lot of parents want to send off their kids like to say school or whatever with a phone so they can call them if they need them yeah but then that also opens up the whole door of and there's what that you can access on the internet apps like i think that sometimes parents think that they're sneaky because there are apps that can track what you're doing Mm -hmm. but and i like this is exactly the case with parents in any circumstance like if you think you're sneakier than your children you're not they won't get around it it's just like it's just like a curfew it's just like a car it's just like sneaking out phones and technology are no different if you think that your children are safe because you track their phones i guarantee you they're using their friends Mm -hmm. if you think that you're sneaky because you look at everything they do on the computer i guarantee how to get around it just Mm -hmm. as quickly as you're googling how to fucking find it yeah because I would be the exact same way. Because like, as a kid, you don't think you're you going to go you out. Know. Yeah. You think you know best. Like, it's just... And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And even if you, like, don't give your kids phones, they're just going like, to access it another way. Yep. You can give them... A, 
like prime example when I was a kid, like we all had iPod touches mm-hmm. and you could download texting apps. So yeah, no, it's not a phone. But if you have internet, which every home basically does, mm-hmm. you could text. Like and it's even if your home has internet and you're like, oh well, I can see what they're doing on my internet. If you have, let's say, Xfinity, okay, well then they can use an Xfinity hotspot. They can use the McDonald's mm-hmm. free Wi-Fi. Like all they have to do with that iPod touch is go to their fucking hangout spot at the mall and they're gonna get wi-fi yeah school wherever i'm yeah. more annoyed that i'm not a it's, parent <laughs> it's scary i'm scared for it makes me nervous my future fetuses <laughs> <laughs> future fetuses future fetuses i feel like the spongebob episode where they're like future everything is chrome <laughs> everything is chrome yeah all right have a blessed evening have a blessed evening thank you guys for spending two hours of your time with us bye and we hope y'all have a good rest of your weekend